Tigers over the weekend. Right or wrong, Harbaugh, man, he's a gem for college football. It's great for people like us, and Dabo does Wall Street following a win over the Irish. That and more coming up on week 11 of Southern Roots Football Show. By the way, the name of the show, Southern Roots Football Show. On Southern Roots work? Radio, right? On Southern Roots Radio. Hugh Freeze is dancing on At the sideline. At Auburn. Okay. All right. Looking like Elvis. And, and, and they, <laughs> what the right. I kept saying, do what we do. Do what we do. Do what we do. No, I get on my O-line forums and stuff on Twitter. You know, oh, okay. you know, <laughs> Do you hear that, Gord? His O-line forums. No, I didn't know those existed. Hey, hey, is it, wait, uh, is that where you're seeing all these pictures of uh, the belly and the maple syrup? No, I deleted no, those. Okay. No, that's <laughs> a completely different but, but, Yeah. I ran up on that one before, too. <laughs> hey, I, I, I don't know what you're looking at, Jay. <laughs> and welcome in to week 11 of the Southern Roots Football Show. Uh, back on the porch as balmy November temperatures here in the South. Glad to be with you, Jack Plan, alongside uh, Cord Cole on the big screen. Here on the porch, as we uh, he's moving on up, he's got uh, his head's even bigger than uh, he thinks it is. So, Cord from Baton Rouge, welcome. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Evening, sure, gentlemen. Yeah, since so Tuscaloosa, who, who put the question you, mark on you the don't, you don't know what day it is. That's right. <laughs> Good day to you, sir. Um, Trev McAnally on the far end. Uh, Trev, uh, host is as well as always the host with the most. Uh, appreciate you, man. How you yeah, doing? Man. Doing well. Doing little, well. Little, little fajita action. On the uh, tailgate menu this evening. Yeah. On the, on the Blackstone cord. Damn. Yeah. Can't beat it, brother. So, just rub it You got to change there. it up a little bit. Yeah, well, you took pictures of what you had over the weekend, so look. You, you did okay. You did <laughs> we'll, okay We'll Saturday. hop into that on the yeah. tailgate menu a little bit. Yep. Uh, we've got to the big suite, of course, Charles Sweeten uh, here. Uh, sweet, uh, an exciting win for Martin. We'll get into that in Alumniville, but uh, how you doing, man? Rocking and rolling, Rep, man. Repping the UTM pullover, by the yeah, way. I mean, got to. Best play mm. yep. of the day That's in right. the entire world. I mean, come yep. on. Uh, <laughs> he, uh, our buddy uh, Wes uh, is uh, on assignment tonight, so we have a fill-in. And uh, we are uh, happy to bring in uh, Mr. Wilt Shelton. Wilt, how are you, buddy? You know, it's just uh, it's nice for me to get the call up to the big leagues here tonight. <laughs> I appreciate that from you boys. So where where were you when you got the call, Wit, to, well, to, to move up, that you were moving um, up to the big time? You know, it was I was doing one of the most frustrating things that I do in life. and uh, Taking a shit. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was right before I was doing the thing I was doing. Um, you know, being Paxton or tried to, uh, we're trying to write our last name. Um, so, you know, it was. Uh, was you teaching him or him teaching you? There's a little <laughs> bit of both right there. <laughs> I'm teaching him letters, and he's teaching me patience. So, uh, you know, it goes both ways. Rightfully so. I'm sitting here thinking, like, man, I'm going to do my best not to just shit on with the whole time. (laughs) It's going to be hard, sweetie. Like, I'm going to be a professional tonight. (laughs) If you don't do it tonight, this will be the first time that you have not done it. Oh, man. All right. So, we got a lot to do. Court? I feel bad for oh. it already. Court's frozen, or is he uh, playing frozen with us? Nah, uh, he's a little frozen. I think he's a little frozen. All right, we'll see if we can refresh that. All right, uh, while we refresh up, uh, we will um, let you know that uh, coming up, we've got, uh, of course, hopefully we get back with him. 
Join now. Yeah, join back in there as you heard the little ding. All right, hopefully he'll get back in there. Uh, we've got uh, Atmosphere in Tuscaloosa. There he is. Hey, you there, Cord? Uh, hold on, Cord. A little technical difficulties out yeah. here on the porch this evening. Control, alt, delete. Right. On this view on the big screen, you know, I can't tell if he's standing up or sitting down. It's about the same height. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I, I feel Check. like he's going to get on a rant. I like this, he, though, where he can't talk Check. back. Check he, he, your he's going to get uh, on a rant here in a little bit. We're just going to have to exit out. Core, <laughs> check. Uh, go, go, into your, uh, go into your clean feed and uh, little gear wheel and make sure that uh, you've got the right mic setting. You're sending it to the right microphone. Sometimes when uh, things get reset... Goes to default. Hello. Yeah, there we yeah. go. Yeah. Hey. Hey, there we go. Sorry about that, guys. No, you're good. You're all good. All right. Um, Had to reconnect to my AOL. <laughs> oh, you got to do the cut signal. That's right. All right. Uh, back to the show already in progress. Uh, coming up uh, on the opening kickoff, uh, Atmosphere in Tuscaloosa. We'll get Cord's reaction, who was uh, there. And if you if you missed it, uh, Cord took over SRF show on X. Slash Twitter, uh, he had uh, the reins of the account over the weekend while in Tuscaloosa, and so uh, some good entertaining stuff there. Uh, Dabo uh, and Clemson uh, they get a big win against uh, Notre Dame and the Irish, and uh, Dabo Dab Dabo Dabo uh, was was uh, really excited afterwards, and rightfully so. And this khaki gate Jim Harbaugh, Michigan. I tell you what, uh, there's a, there's a new thing comes up every week, and uh, this week is no different. Uh, so we'll uh, check in the latest and get reaction to that. Plus, of course, college football playoff. Latest uh, rankings are out. Uh, really not a whole lot of difference. Uh, certainly, I think the top uh, eight, I don't think, changed. Maybe the top seven didn't change. So not a whole lot uh, there new. Um, and we'll get into the rest of the SEC, our, our features of the week, and trip to Alumniville and our pick six. This week, as we always do, and that's your opening kickoff. It is brought to you by Society American Nashery, located on the downtown square in Lawrenceburg, where coming up this Saturday, uh, November 11th, Veterans Day, it's Fly Fest. We've been talking about it for quite a bit. Fly Fest happening at the Lawrence County Lawrenceburg Airport. Going to have uh, food trucks, going to have live music, great music, uh, all kinds of uh, cool things happening. And you can take flights, get off the ground cord. Nope. Yep, nope. you can do it. Uh, so go check it out. Get your tickets at etix.com. That's etix.com. It's FlyFest 2023, and it's uh, brought to you by Society American Nashery, as is our tailgate menu. So uh, there you go. All right. So let's uh, let's leave things off. Uh, Cord, we'll start with you um, with uh, the atmosphere down in uh, Tuscaloosa over the weekend. Of course, she got done there. What was it? Thursday night. Uh, Friday? Bright and early Friday. Friday. So you got down there Friday, and then, of course, uh, had a bit t big tailgate uh, on Saturday. It looked like you had some gumbo, right? We did. Big we pot did. of gumbo. Man, it was, we did. I had two of them, actually. Uh, two? Oh. Two. Yeah, one with, one with smoked sauces, one with fresh sauces, whatever you want. Okay. We got it for you, you know. Had some pasta lye roaming around. Had the. I'm telling you, the hit of the tailgate, though, was the bone, the D-bone Stuffed chicken wings that were stuffed with uh, pepper jack boudin. Whoa. That, those things Whoa. were incredible. Coach, I fell asleep uh, after snacking on three or four of them. I mean, there might have been 13 or 14 cold beers mixed in there, too. 
had nothing to do with that. It sounds no. delicious. So, oh. so talk about your set, uh, your setup a little bit, man. The pictures and everything. You had you know three or four buses. 30, 30 motorhomes, coach. 30? 30. 30. 30. So, 30. I mean, you straight up yes. took the crew. Yes. Um, there's a guy down here by the name of Ryan Maranto. Great guy uh, known around the city. I have no idea what he does for a living. I don't think anybody does. <laughs> but my man once a year picks a game uh, and throws together this Maranto experience is what he calls it. And, you know, locks down parking lots. Uh, we did it in Auburn last year. This year it was – it was here in Tuscaloosa in uh, Central High School, right off of campus, you know, less than a mile from from uh, Bryant-Denny. And 30 motorhomes, man, with uh, a little center spot with a DJ and all that going. Wow. Everybody just kind of cooks something, and people meander through there. It's almost like a adult Halloween, go trick-or-treating and eat some great food, man. It was, so, it was a good time. How do you get invited to this? Uh, you got to know somebody? Just show up. Yeah, I mean, as far <laughs> okay. as to get you, as far as to get your motorhome in there, you just kind of know somebody that knows okay. somebody that knows something about That's it. That's what I'm saying. You know? Yeah. Well, I mean, the fact that you get a parking lot off campus and be able to set up something like you guys had, I mean, that's your ideal tailgate spot right there. Oh my God, it was incredible. I mean, you look at the assortment of food you had and the assortment of setups you had. I mean, it's top tier. Yeah, man, it was it was a good time. Like I said, we had a we had a DJ in there. He's a he's a buddy of mine. I'm not gonna sell him out, but. I think he had a little bit of a late Friday night slash early Saturday morning because it was about 15-second clips of the song around noon that he was getting and then hitting play, and then we'd hear the same song 15 times. I'm like, hey, buddy, go DJ. Lay off the, lay off the fireball, buddy. You're, you're almost 60, all right? Figure it out, buddy. There you go. Figure it out. No, but all in all, man, Tuscaloosa was a, is a great trip. Uh, so about the start of the fourth quarter, you know, uh, beautiful – I love that trip. I, I know you guys have a different uh, feel about that city than I do. <laughs> I think it's it, you know it, it just it, and I haven't I haven't gotten a chance to make it to Knoxville yet for a game. You know that that's coming here the next time they travel. I've always had something going on, but I've made that trip up to uh, Tuscaloosa I think seven times now. What's uh, the love, uh, what's the drive time for you guys? Uh, right at five hours, four and at four forty five. Oh, that's not I mean, bad. I mean, dude, we we pulled out of JJ's house and hooked up, and I thought we were gonna get there for like eleven, eleven thirty after some stops. Next thing I know, we got there, coach, and it was ten oh one. Like nothing was open. We're like, shit, we gotta go look at Saban's statue or something for a second. <laughs> but hey, I mean, that's the best. To me, that's the best part about going down on a long weekend and tailgating is you don't waste a day, man. You either go the no. night before, you get there late, you wake up, and you have all yeah. day when the bar's open, when the when the tailgate's sure. open, you're there, you enjoy it. You get that extra day of basically pre gaming for the kickoff on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it looked like you guys did it right. No, I, and I told the boys, and I told them in 19 when we made the trip, they're like, why do you wanna leave so fucking early? And I'm like, well, look. You know how we're working and we go into walk-ons on Friday at noon, and next thing you know, you got this stupid sea of orange like we had in last how, year. I, just you know, for the but, people, that's how me and Corey <laughs> met. Stupid. Yeah, exactly. One hundred percent. Like one hundred percent. How we met, but like it's like we can be those guys and not, and not be working. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, he ain't gonna find uh-uh. it. Not, not in Tuscaloosa. <laughs> I'm not trying to share my little teeth with anybody. <laughs> you know? I, gotta, I gotta keep those. Those guys, that shit's like gold up there, bro. Uh, uh, uh. It's good stuff. Yeah. Well, Absolutely. I mean, let's let's just dive into the game, JP. What do you think? Well, we we will here in a little bit. Uh, I do <clears throat> I do want to have one other question about uh, kind of the tailgate. Was there any mixing of the breeds? Uh, did you get any Alabama fans slide through and we mingle did, a little man. bit? And we did. We how had was a, that? it's it's it was crazy. We had a bunch of uh, 
bunch of Bama fans through there, whether it be Friday night or during the day Saturday, uh, a mixture, too, of young and old. And and, and they were all just – man, I, and, and we'll talk about it when we get more into the game. And I, I think I tweeted this out or told you all. It had 2019 vibes all over. I mean, even up to the first drive of the game. And, again, we'll talk about it more. Again, I've, I've been – I've had that tri- – I've made that trip seven times now. And they've never been quiet, never been scared, never been anything. When I made it in 2019, something felt a little different. You know, it's like, hey, they knew we could score with them. Uh, Felt the same way this year. Uh, Everybody was nice, polite. Uh, One little small, small issue Friday night that was was handled by uh, the bar owners and the the security guards that, you know, kept us nice and safe just from people being silly and – and one little small issue after the game. Other than that, man, the, the tailgate was great. They those guys, uh, you know, they love they love their football up there. You know, I I'd love to call them front runners, but I guess that's what all their fans are. Is that as much as the as much as those assholes win, you know. <laughs> How could you not be? Um, yeah. Well, and, and and the atmosphere too. Uh, of course, you know, so many places in in the SEC are are just fantastic. And you know, I think this is a different season for Alabama and their fans because they're not dominating. So there's there's a sense of Hey, we might lose if they did against Texas, and so the energy may be ramped up a little bit more than it has been in the past. And it, and you know, uh, I, I've heard so much that people could feel that through the TV screens, Cord. And of course, you being in the building and um, what had to, had to been just a, an electric atmosphere. It was, it was. It they 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 do it right in there. I, I will say this, and this is not a shot because we lost the game. I've never thought that place was loud though, man. It just something about it. It it, it has it, it has its spurts and its moments, but as far as like a consistent, loud, obnoxious stadium, I just I mean I can talk to you right sitting right beside me, and I just I, I mean I this is if if we have any Bama fans that are listening, Jordan Hare, I, I'll take the loudness and the atmosphere over over Bryant Denny all day Jeez. every day. Well, and, and and where you are every Saturday in the fall is is probably at the top of that heap when it comes to the decibels. So, uh, coming with with that, uh, all right, yeah. Let's uh, let's get to uh, on the field. Uh, both quarterbacks, uh, guys, were were putting on display, and, and you could take either one and put them um, in the mix for for Heisman and be okay with both of them with the way that they played. I mean, it was just electric atmosphere. Who wants to start with uh, what they saw on the field? I mean, you got to start with Cord, right? I mean, he was tweeting about the guy all night. <laughs> I mean, I was gonna, I was gonna go, I was. I, I, I mean, if you want me to say it, I, I will. I mean, <laughs> yeah, we want you to say it. I mean, he's he's. I don't know how it translates to the next level, but I'm ready to say it after watching. <laughs> Jaden Daniels is the best player in college football. Point Agreed. blank, period. Come on, baby. I mean, he is. He like through and that through. Guy, this team, this team would be. I mean, don't get me wrong. It's not like he's doing it all on his own on offense, but our offense right now has to be perfect. You know, and I and I got it written down right here. You know, I hate to you know blame any of that game on the offense, but you know, two big parts of that game were a terrible. And I'm sorry, Mike Denbrock, you called a hell of a game, but a terrible fourth down call. Take half the field away, roll him out. I mean, either get under center and go up the middle, like we've talked about, or snap it to him in shotgun and let give him options. He had one option, and the second was the tip pass that didn't fall our way. You know, we had, we had had a tip pass the drive before or the drive right after that, and it, and it harmlessly falls to the ground, nothing hurt. Our tip pass fell in their hands, and that's the game right there. Um, 
I think, and I'm with you, Court. I think what JD Five's been able to do. I mean, we seen it last year, and he's consistently progressed week in and week out as one of the premier players in college football. But then you look at, you know, what was on the opposite sideline with Milrow. We talked about it with the Texas game. We talked about it earlier this year about, you know, even in Saban's down years or, you know, quote, bad years, they're still very competitive in everything they do, right? But they had no offensive – they had no continuity on offense with what they wanted to do to start this year. You know, you look at the Texas game. If they let Milrow go a little bit in that game, that game's a lot different. He's got better each week. And he's came into his own a little bit. I don't think he was ready but, for that. Well, I, that, but to me, you know, that goes back to where, you know, the inconsistency of what um, they wanted to do on offense. Because they didn't know. I mean, it's the same thing. You know, you had the game at South Florida where you play, you know, Ty Simpson a little bit. And you put uh, the transfer from Notre Dame, Cord. Um, uh, Cord's boy. Yeah, Buckner. Yeah, Ty, Buckner. Ty Buckner, yeah. You see that, and then you realize, hey, they're not it. So, hey, we got to tailor our offense a little bit around it. And, you know, me and Witt were talking about it just a little bit right before the show about the uh, Milrow being able to take off, right? And JD5 did the same thing. I mean, you look at their yards on the ground, I think, um, you know, Milrow ends up, you know, throwing – he's 15 for 23, throws for 219, but he goes, you know, 20. And and majority of those rushings were him busting the pocket. Yeah. You know, for 155 getting four scores. But you look at JD5, it was the same thing. You've got Brian Thomas on the outside, and you, to me, man, the best wide receiver in college football and Malik Neighbors on the outside, you give them shots, but when those guys aren't open, JD5 was able to tuck that ball, get upfield and make plays. And that he's it's a special talent. That first half of that game – the way that, you know, the, 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 the Zebras let him play. You didn't see a lot of no calls. You didn't – it was just – it was you didn't see a lot of calls. They let him battle. And them going back and forth was one of the, you know, more fun games to watch throughout the year because it was, you know, third and fourth, third and, third and long, and then one of these guys would pick it up with their legs, and then if Milrow did it, J.D. Five comes right back down the field and battles up. That two-minute drive right before half, man, that was impressive. I kind of took it a different way. Uh, uh, you know, yeah, Milrow has been getting a lot better, but it's just a testament how bad LSU's defense actually is because we're uh-huh. sitting here and comparing both of them. Uh, if anything, JD5, that guy's stock just went up. I mean, it's not the Alabama defenses we've seen in the past, you know, five or six years, but I think they're secondary. I mean, they're, they're, they're I mean, they're, they're, they're a lot of first top, uh, Yeah, exactly. And, I mean, he diced him up. He used his legs. I mean, <clears throat> that guy was making plays uh, that, I mean, he honestly, he shouldn't have been making, and he was making it all over the place. And then you go to the other side of the ball. I mean, LSU's defense, I mean, they just, I mean. God-awful. The, the God-awful. I mean, they can't do anything. They make this dude look like a Heisman candidate. We're sitting here on a Wednesday night comparing the two. I mean, the, uh, the – Well, the, I'm saying from a from the electric factor. Oh, oh yeah. You're saying, hey, them two going back – because you look at what they did of – you know, LSU's defense bowed up a little bit. They forced Milrow to run the ball. They did. But the tackling still – listen, Cord, we talked about it. You you preached Alex Grinch from the, the get-go with USC. Matt House needs the Alex Grinch treatment. The boy's got to go, man. He's got to go because it's absolutely piss poor. My, my biggest thing about it, and we've talked about it over and over again, is Harold Perkins. One, if not the best linebacker, stand-up guy in college football, and they're dropping him back in coverage consistently and still yep. letting him off his leash, man. Let the dude eat. Yep. I mean, he, he makes his money. Is yeah. he third down on the first drive? Did you see? Sack. Sack. That's what I'm, yep. that's what, that's what I'm getting at. And <laughs> where, where are we at? Like, 
Where are we at? Well, there was another. I was thinking it wasn't the first one, but there was another one in the first half where he drops back and he's trying to cover one of the wheel routes and he gets absolutely toast. And it's like, what are we doing, man? Like, pin your ears back and go. And and that's where to me, you know, the Matt House is that change has got to be made. I know Kelly is a a loyal coach with his guys. I think the OC has been with him at every stop. Been with him for like sixteen years. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Cord, but you know he's been there. He's he's not necessarily as an OC or a play caller, but he's been with Kelly, right? And I think the talent of JD Five has overshadowed what he's been able to do, and, and Malik Neighbors, because there's you go back to the Missouri game, man. Hey, Neighbors is down there somewhere. Let's throw it up and go. Yeah, but you know, even with this one, I mean, JD Five's legs made LSU's offense go. And it wasn't a lot of design runs. They did incorporate that a little bit, but him being able to escape escape the pocket and make plays was phenomenal. I mean, I don't know how else to put it. And he needs some help on the defensive side of the ball. I mean, yeah, no question. And I want to speaking of uh, of JD Five and, and Jay McDaniels, what's what's the latest down there in Baton Rouge on on his health uh, going into concussion protocol was, after uh, that hit? BK said he practiced. It was going to practice today, and if all things. Um, went right that he'd be cleared for contact tomorrow. Um, that's what that's ah, it's man, a good I, I want Yeah, it is, and I don't want to see it. Uh, two things. Obviously, I don't know how we made the mistake of putting him back in for a play. Um, if it's if it was that bad, because he came back in for one play um, after he went out, and then two. I just I, I know technically they say you aren't playing for anything now because of the third loss. Whatever bullshit aside. That guy's one of the best to ever do it in the purple and gold, and I just want to see him a few more times. Um, Absolutely, it's been, man. It's been so so fun to watch. Uh, I'm not talking about like the, like the season's over or anything. I just the, – the kid got shit on, man, and, and there was a lot of people that didn't want him to start the year. A lot of people wanted Nuss, and I think Nuss is going to be a really good quarterback for the Tigers uh, when he gets his opportunity to to learn and, and, take the, and take the number one reps all the time. But, man, three more games to watch number five play in the purple and gold, like – I just – it's going to be fun. And luckily for us, we get all three of them uh, at home in Tiger Stadium. There you go. And, I mean, hell, he's playing for a Heisman right now. Yep. I mean, well, he's got a lot to play for. You would, yeah. think, you would think so. I mean, but the way this, it's you know – It's it, it, Yeah, I, it can be. Um, he's got I a think, ticket to New York. I think he definitely does if, yep. he, if he doesn't get knocked out. I mean, it's going what it is. I'm not saying he's <laughs> – it didn't change the game, but the kid's a dirty player. Not his first, won't be his last. Yeah. Uh, but if he doesn't get knocked out for the fourth quarter, I mean, who knows? Do, do, the, do I think the Tigers win? Absolutely not, but I think it's a – But that goes back to what of, I was saying earlier is, is that back-and-forth game where, you know, it was cat after cat, possession after possession. And when you – you know, Nuss did a lot of good things for y'all coming into the SEC Championship last year, right? When he, mm-hmm. when, when he came in, he made some plays. He made that game competitive a little bit um, with Georgia. And I get where you have some of that fan base saying that, but I think that goes back to coaching. It's like with Milrow this year with Alabama, you've got to let your guys go. Yeah. I mean, you've got to find that identity on offense, and it doesn't have to be the same thing year in and year out. But when you have a guy of that talent, you've got to let him off the leash, period. But I, I came back from carrying about eight beers in my hands um, after half to that throw that J.D. made to Malik Neighbors down the sideline. Like That drive, like you said earlier, you said a two-minute drill. There was a minute one left on the clock yeah. before half, and there was two seconds left after we scored to Kyron Lacey. That drive there, and then the drive to open the second and half. And on that like, minute, we're just minute one, moments, I mean, dude. here's the thing. Coach took it out of his hands, too, because he ran how many seconds off on the play call without calling a timeout. Mm-hmm. You know? I mean, they got it with – I think they got it 
talking about Probably before, not, yeah, before, before, after before, he was, before he was they grabbed by the, before after he was before, grabbed by the horse. No, collar when they started the drive, the you know, they started the drive in minus territory, and then yeah. they they go and it's kind of lackluster, and they don't mm-hmm. they don't take the timeout when they pick it up. The clock keeps running, and then JD five does JD five gets loose a little bit, picks up 25, 26 yards or whatever it was, and then it's like, oh shit, let's kick it in high gear. We can score right here. And that goes back to what I'm kind of saying is with JD5, you know, as a play caller in that scenario, you're on the road, man. Let the dude eat. Yes. Like, you don't handcuff him. Mm-hmm. It was it was fun to watch from my end. I mean, I, I don't know how to put it. It was fun. I, I, we're not going to get in the refs. You said it, you know, on the target. No, we're I not. Think they, the, didn't, they didn't lose no, they didn't No, lose no, the no. The they never do. They never do. But it is <laughs> one yet, of those. And yet. No, yeah, but I mean, he, he said it. it. You know. You've got it. The the you got two identical. Basically, they call it horse callers. They don't call it on JD five, and they call it when Alabama's on getting Harold. off the field. Yeah, on Perkins or LSU's getting off the field. They call mm-hmm. it on Perkins. Same hand placement, same everything. And that that's my thing. We're like, okay, if we're gonna call something, you got to be consistent a little bit. They didn't call holding the entire time. LSU gets off the field again in the third quarter, and guess mm-hmm. what? Hey, we get a we get a hold on the edge. You ain't I called think- that in the entire night. I'm cool with every one of those. The most egregious, if you go back and watch the play that um, that Jaden gets hurt on, uh, Malik could press charges against the DB um, with what that guy was doing to Malik. But again, all in all, um, they 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 had two more plays made than we did, and that was the difference of the game. The tip the tip pass for the pick, and uh, they they stopped us on fourth and one. Yep. It is what it is. Well, uh, certainly, great football game. To yeah, watch. it was. Yeah, exactly. That's Super that's fun. that's the the. Want to circle back to it? It's you know kind of the best of what the SEC and and, and the country and college football has to offer. Atmosphere, uh, fans, uh, both sides, uh, great action, great quarterback play. It was a lot of fun. And uh, with our newest uh, member tonight, a, a coach in his own right as well, like the rest of of you uh, goons here on uh, on this podcast. Uh, I'm assuming you were able to watch the game. Whit, what did what did you see? Um, I thought the most telling thing was going back. I mean, you take the Burrow year as an exception. Um, but that game right there, man, has been just a defensive, absolute juggernaut battle. And, I mean, you knew pretty much who had the most turnovers um, was going to win the football game, and which is that way to most football games. But I thought that – um, last Saturday night and that game right there in general, um, I thought that was the first LSU-Bama game that I have seen in a long, long, long time where the defenses took a back seat to those two guys under center. Yep. Yeah. And it was on both Absolutely. sides of the ball. Um, and it, that was just wild to me, and that may be because Kelly's at LSU and, of course, you know, Saban has struggled a little bit this year. Um, and the defenses – I guess the past two years for him have not been what they've been in the past. Um, but my biggest takeaway from that guy, that game, man, is if number five in purple and gold does not come home from New York with the Heisman Trophy, they ought to rename the award to the best player in the nation with the team with the best record. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> because Phoenix Jr. is a stud in his own right. But JD5 is the best player in the country, bar none. Yep. And you can't take anything away from the kid. I mean – And doing it against better defenses yes. right now too. Mm-hmm. And Cord said it best, like, without him on that football team, LSU is mid-level SEC right now. Oh, yeah. And he has just kept them alive all year long. And, I mean, 
Good God, the kid, it's a wonder his freaking head's messed up. His back ought to be hurting because he's carried the freaking team all year. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, he's amazing. It's exciting to watch, no question. All right, I want to slide on there uh, as we uh, will get into uh, the rest of the SEC in just a little bit and just uh, touch briefly on that. But a couple of other uh, stories in college football that uh, certainly have been uh, on brand and on topic uh, that we have discussed. One, of course, the uh, call of uh, Tyler from Spartanburg a couple of weeks ago on uh, Dabo Sweeney's uh, and Clemson's uh, radio show midweek um, in the now infamous rant from Dabo. Uh, you know, I guess Dabo's maybe looking, uh, you know, like he uh, pushed the right button because his team responded uh, over the weekend, got a big win over uh, Notre Dame and the Irish. And after the game, had this to say when interviewed uh, by the uh, ESPN sideline report. We ain't had much to go our way this year, but the one thing you that has shown up every week is the heart and the fight of Clemson. And I know we're down and everybody's throwing dirt on us, but if, if Clemson's a stock, you better buy all you freaking can buy right now. Let's go. There you go. All right. Dabo does Wall Street saying buy Clemson's stock. And, um, yeah, hey, listen, get, give him credit. You got to give him credit that, you know, yeah. he, he went off right or wrong, and whether it was manipulated or whether it was premeditated to try to motivate his team or if he was just being a big baby, which probably that's the case, either way, his team played for him on Saturday, and they got a win. I, I'm gonna say one thing though. I'm gonna kick it back to every setup, but I'm gonna tell you right now. I'm gonna tell you right now. Dabo needs to put Sam Hartman at the top of his Christmas card list, without a doubt. That was a absolute pathetic performance Marcus on his part. Listen, I mean, here's the thing. You look at what their defense was able to do against. You know, Clubnick played a good game. They were able that's to do three it. Things. But I'm just saying, it's like that. That's the main thing is that. <laughs> Send it, send it to Sam Hartman. Find the guy, mail it to him. Top of the list, point blank period, right there, Cord. I'll let somebody else cut in for going around. But, Three things. Ah. I was gonna say I'm not buying a fucking thing. Hell no. <laughs> Stock's pretty low though, wasn't it? Uh, Get a good it, good price on it. Who gives it. It's like all the fucking crypto I got in my wallet right now. Yeah. <laughs> Ain't worth the goddamn thing. Yep. All right. I think the I think one of the biggest yeah, takeaways to take off second, of yeah, it is you, he's got to pump the brakes. But you know Marcus Freeman and that <laughs> offensive side of the ball they got to pump the brakes because you know we preach on this show I preach on the show we talk about doing what you do and what they failed to do. You have you have. Travis asking me on your on, on your on your team. And you come out that first drive and you go down there and you you pull, you know, what Tennessee's done all year and, and you drive down, you know, in an away game in a hostile environment and, and you end up kicking field goal. You're not gonna win kicking field goals in the red zone for one. But two, they go away from him and they start throwing on first and second down with Hartman. He never gets in a rhythm, he gets behind the chains and they're trying to play makeup from the get-go. They they put together a great, I think it's the second or third drive, they put together a good drive. And they, they score, they come back, and then you muff a punt, right? When In a game like that in a hostile environment, if you lose special teams, you lose the, lose the turnover battle, you're climbing uphill, I mean, from the get-go. And, and that's what happened with them. Hartman never got in the rhythm. He looked bad, man. I mean, he, he, he looked bad. Yeah. What, what happened to Notre Dame and your boy Marcus? Listen, I mean, answer that. Well, they, they, they the ate some bad barbecue the night before. What, what? I don't. I think the team played well. I think you, you look at the talent that Clemson has; it's still not bad. It's just I think they they've had to deal with Dabo and you know the lack of faith in Klubnik. 
And that's where they failed in these bad losses that Clemson has took. But then you look at, you know, even the Louisville game with Notre Dame. You look at what they go away from. Their bread and butter is you got Joe Alt, you got a top five pick, you've got three other guys out there that's going to play on Sundays, and you've got, the, if not the best, the second best running back in the country, and you go away from him on the road. I mean, you, you establish run, you play defense, and you open it up for a guy like Sam Hartman. And that's Marcus Freeman type football. And they didn't do that. They went away from it early, and it bit him in the ass. I mean, I, I don't know how it, it was. It was ugly to watch. I mean, just just to kind of piggyback on what Trevor says, I, I, Dabo, the the problem is, it's not like you got the, that bad of a roster. I'm probably going to say oh, no. you, you're yeah. sitting there you with a, the like the a top ten, top fifteen, top twenty five in the country, and then you're sitting there with a four and four record going into week nine, week eight, whatever the hell it was. That's the problem we got with you going on right now, and then you're playing the blame game. Hey, we, we expected you, you know, preseason to probably come out with this win. You know, there, there's probably several people around Clemson Radio doing like what we do for Tennessee and LSU, predicting that you were going to, you know, have this win whenever it came along. It, it's what you've done before this. Hey, we, we fully expected you with the roster, with what you've done in the past, to come away with this win, it, 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 it's not a surprise to us. It, yep. It's a surprise to everything up until this point and all the people that you've blamed. And uh, that, that that's the problem. <laughs> well, yeah. you know, it's, you know, I guess he gets uh, a little 15 minutes of uh, redemption, I suppose. We'll, I mean, s- we'll I mean, see how long it lasts. I, mean, pro- I, d- I don't think it's going to last, but, Dude, but it's. You, I mean, you got the win over the team that is annually one of the most overrated year in and <laughs> year true. out, right? Especially now when they got this coach, Marcus Freeman, who's a great defensive coordinator. I'm just not sure how good of a co- head coach he is, you know? Their their head coach before this was a, a lot better. You know, he can put up points. This new guy they got in there, again, great defensive coordinator, just not so this sure he's a great Head coach. The, the, you're poking I mean, the bear. You just got back from the beer cooler, right. man. I don't know if you want that smoke, though. All right. I, on, on that, on that I, we're going to move on. You, I'm, I'm, I'm saying it. Like Dabo says, hey. buy stock in Clemson. I would take the stock in Marcus Freeman, Notre Dame over Clemson right okay. now. Okay. You put a quarter in the machine, you got to listen to it. Quarter. There you go. All right. Uh, <laughs> other, <laughs> other news in college football, of course, uh, uh, Khaki Gate, Spy Gate, uh, now uh, some calling it Blue Anon uh, with what's happening at Michigan. Calling it um, what? Blue Anon. Not like QAnon, Blue Anon. I'm from Mississippi. I have no fucking idea. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, so Watch the news every once in a while. All right. Uh, hold on. Before, before, you, before you comment. Uh, um, so uh, Connor Stallions has been uh, well, he resigned officially. Is the uh, what Michigan is saying? Uh, whether he was forced to or not, but he has resigned. He has gone incognito, so he is not around anymore. And uh, the Big Ten this week has sent notification to Michigan that they are looking to uh, apply some discipline to uh, the program, or and or to Jim Harbaugh. Uh, I didn't see if Michigan had um, officially responded today or not, uh, so I, I don't know uh, to the very latest. However, amidst all this, uh, Jim Harbaugh, uh, uh, Trev, uh, to, to steal your line, does what he does, 
and is the most aloof coach in college football. Here's um, how he's kind of uh, acting with all this circus going around. We are tour, and we're doing it better than anybody else alive. Got a visit from uh, the Nature Boy, Ric Flair, very close friend, and uh, that just brought the enthusiasm to a new level. Woo! It's live and in color. Woo! 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 Let me know that he's coming in this weekend, and um, you're talking to the Rolex. All right, so Ric Flair was on campus. Uh, you cut that, that line short, and I'm having a hard time holding these alligators <laughs> down. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> Um, so yeah, so Rick Flair was on campus uh, apparently to uh, teach the, the Michigan uh, program how to uh, be the best villain they can be, and obviously a close friend of Jim Harbaugh. So um, so amidst all of this, that was this week. That was in a press conference this week. Okay, Jim Harbaugh and uh, super excited about uh, Rick Flair in town. Double down on it. I mean, who gives a crap at this point, man? I mean, it's just covering up your news cycle. I mean, uh, hell, you've done the deed. You've got caught. Whatever happens going to happen. You might as well yep. go down, burn the son bitch down with you. Oh, and, and, and <laughs> something new since we talked last week, that Michigan has gone back to the Big Ten after that notification saying that there were three schools that were also trying to steal signs uh, from them by and they found- coaches – Talking to other coaches they found, after the fact. They found ties to Which is uh, whatever his what name happens. is to Ohio State. I mean, yeah. so, yeah. Here's my thing. Okay, we all know how we all <laughs> feel about it. We're, we're, we're sitting here shaking his head. I want, here's, I want his opinion on the entire scope of things of the Connor Stallions and the pre-scout and then the video and um, still in the signs. I mean, what's your thoughts? I, on I, I'm a Listen. mind reader right here. Who gives a fuck? <laughs> Sweetie just took it out of my mouth. If you have coached football yes, sir. at any level, I don't give a shit if it's Pop Warner. If you've coached football at any level and another team is signaling in their plays, you have tried to pick up on it. Somebody on your staff has tried to pick up on it. It may have been the ball boy trying to pick up on it. Whether he's five years old or 15 years old, it doesn't matter. You try to steal signs. This has been – the biggest sham ever, and it feels like they try to do this with Harbaugh every year, and I'm not even a Harbaugh guy, but it's been the biggest sham of the year. Like, Michigan is dominating people. They've been dominating people week in and week out. If you're worried about stealing signs, change your signs. It's not that hard. Or quick signaling. Yep. I loved Matt Rule's take on it. Like, this seems to be... Maybe not Michigan every year, but it seems to be a story in college football every year, whether it be a Maxion program or an SEC program. Somebody gets in trouble for, well, they were stealing signs, they were filming our signs, blah, 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 blah. It doesn't matter. You still got to execute. Yes, it doesn't matter. I mean, the best coaches in the world will tell you, we will give you our playbook. You still got to stop us. 
I mean, it seems like everybody on the conference. Well, I think it happened the night after the the of the podcast or after the podcast. They had the conference called, and uh, Michigan had to get off of it, and everybody in the conference just shit on them the whole time. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it, yeah. That, that's all. I the, mean, the main ones that are bitching that are coming out to the public doing are the ones that got beats like Rule saying, you know, hey, what do you make of this? You know, five and four, four I mean, and it, four right now. Well, we lost three games and we got scouted by another. No, you got scouted by every team. You got your ass whooped by. Period. I mean, that's what it is. Like they were going to win the game. I mean, it's Mean Girls Club at this point. Yes. I mean, they're they're just. I mean, they, they it's a point of weakness in Michigan. They can double down on it. Hopefully, they're they're trying to get some sanctions against Michigan. They can be down for a couple of years, and they get an extra W in the playbook. Well, and it goes back to column. which I mean, for the record, with I, I agree with you one thousand percent. I mean, I've said it from the get go. Is hey, you know, I thought the first time we talked about this, JP, I was like, hey, this thing's gonna blow over next week. You know, we're we live in the age of four K TVs. Yeah. If you want to get As found, it like it, you're, you're gonna find what you want. You can you can find any signal, any sign, anything you want on there, but. Going back to the rule, and this is where Harbaugh is going to get beat, is the lack of institutional control that we we spoke about two weeks ago of saying, okay, if he actually gave a directive and it and it goes against what bylaws say and won the NCAA and in their conference, then he's going to get reprimanded. Should Michigan be out of a postseason playoff race this year because of this? Absolutely God, not. No. Absolutely not. Well, I don't think the NCAA is going to act before postseason anyway, so no, I, I don't think not. that's going to be an issue. And and no, I I don't think that uh, you and the should... playoff committee isn't either. They've already yeah yeah. Boo Corgan said uh, said yesterday on Tuesday that uh, regarding that topic, he said, "Look, we're not the NCAA. That's an NCAA issue. So uh, as long as Michigan is uh, eligible, uh, they are going to uh, put Michigan where they think they should be." Um, so I don't think it's going to be um, – I don't think anything's going to happen this year. Uh, something I think will happen now, I don't think it's be going to be extremely significant, but I don't think you can deny that, you know, they have gone out of their way, Connor Stallions in particular, with the efforts to, to do this uh, and being a full-time staffer, and that's the only thing that he does, and then – yeah. Well, I mean, and then, look, then the whole thing was Central the Michigan. Central Michigan thing. That, and that's Jim the most McElwain still hasn't tale. been able to, you know, decipher who that was either. Oh, which leads he you to believe that's what I'm saying, which I leads mean, you to believe that he's in on it too. So I mean that could have been court on the sideline with sunglasses. I mean shit, we don't even know. <laughs> this, I mean, I mean he, he was a little bit taller than five yeah. seven, five eight. Yeah. Yeah. Spikes on concrete, five <laughs> So, it's uh, one of those. I mean, Michigan's still one of the most complete teams in the country. I mean, they're they're going to have a test this Saturday, probably the biggest test they've had all year. They continue to win. They're going to be in that top four. We're going to see them. You know, they better not lose a game. No, no, no. They can't. Yeah, they well, can't. Like, their schedule is a fucking atrocious. Well, here, here's, it's as bad as LSU defense. But, but the problem is, everybody on TV <laughs> has to far. push that agenda. Every football guy, you know, behind closed doors, whenever they're not a big name making a lot of money, they're saying the same exact thing we're saying. Right now, yep. hey, did a Michigan did a Michigan staffer plant that story? I love conspiracy theories. Uh, who knows? <laughs> Follow me next on YouTube channel. <laughs> Good Lord. <laughs> All right, hey, uh, we got more to come here on Southern Roots Football Show. We got our features, our cat of the week, the do what we do, sweet talking, cut the cord. Also, a trip to Alumniville, our pick six, and we'll recap our picks from last week. How did we do? We'll audit my math. That's coming up, so stay with us here on Southern Roots Football Show.
Rooted in Americana, Southern Roots Radio showcases the songs, sound, and lifestyle that is uniquely Southern. Southern Roots Radio features the Mealtown sound that connects the storytelling and twang from classic music road, the grit and blues from Beale Street, and the rhythm and soul coming out of the Singing River in Muscle Shoals. In addition to the music and local artists, Southern Roots Radio will highlight lifestyle programs from food, culture, and even sports. Visit southernrootsradio.com to hear the sound and find out how you can listen on your mobile device. Based in Milltown, digging roots across the country and beyond. Southern Roots Radio. Come on in and stay a while. Thank God football is back, right? Hey, this is JP, host of the Southern Roots Football Show. Sometimes the hardest decision is which game to watch. Well, at Society American Oshery on the downtown square in Lawrenceburg, you don't have to worry about that with enough TVs to watch your favorite team wherever they're playing. Now the hardest decision is what to eat and drink. Well, Society's got you covered there, too. And when the game's over, just turn your chair around and take in the best live music in the area. Sports, food, music, the best of American Noshery all in one place. Society American Noshery on the downtown square in Lawrenceburg. Don't forget about FlyFest Cup happening this weekend. That's November 11th. It is at the Lawrence County Lawrenceburg Airport. And you can get your tickets at etix.com, live music, food trucks, and get up off the ground. That's right, flight. You can get up in the air, get a little air ride. So uh, go check it out. It is FlyFest 2023 brought to you by Society American Nursery. As we welcome you back uh, to the porch for Southern Roots Football Show part of Southern Roots Radio, and uh, we are glad to be with you, Jack Plant, alongside uh, Cord from Baton Rouge. He uh, made it out of T-Town alive. Um, Trev and uh, the, the Big Sweet, and we got uh, Whit uh, Shelton sitting in for uh, One West Brown here on this week 11. So, uh, Whit, glad to have you. Um, glad to be here. Glad high, to be high here. High school coach as well. So, uh, so he knows uh, he uh, he fits in uh, to this uh, ragtag bunch for sure. All right, uh, hey, coming up, we got our pick six, our trip to Alumniville, an exciting uh, UT Martin Tennessee Tech finish. Um, I have I have audio of that. Let's go. Uh, not right now, <laughs> but uh, but we'll get to it. Play, we'll play that shit twice. Let's yeah. go. <laughs> we'll get to it. Um, I love so, those fucking uh, Skyhawks. Yeah, I, I did a little prep work uh, this week, so. All right, uh, so plenty of things uh, to get to as well. Uh, real quickly, um, Georgia handles their business against Missouri. Um, uh, Ole Miss uh, handles uh, Texas A&M. A&M with a field goal that gets uh, blocked a little bit, partially just enough to fall short. An exciting game in Oxford. Uh, those two, of course, uh, part of our pick six, but – uh, Georgia, Mizzou, Ole Miss, A and M. Uh, quick thoughts about those games before we uh, slide on to uh, this week. I mean, I heard the best. What what is the quarterback for Georgia Beck? Yeah, mm-hmm. Carson Beck. Carson Beck. Yeah, somebody said uh, he diagnoses like a doctor, delivers like a midwife. I really. <laughs> Mm, I, that's know, golden. You know, I really that's good stuff. well done. Honestly, I don't know what the fuck that means, but I mean, it it, it fits, man. I mean, this. Uh, 
I mean, you're looking for the down game from this guy, and it hasn't happened yet. I don't know if it's going to happen yet, but, I mean, he, he's taking care of business. He's executing on the offensive side of the ball. Georgia, I mean, they haven't really blown anybody out of the water like we've expected this year. I mean, they've covered, you know, a couple 14-point games here on the spread, but, I mean, you hadn't seen that 30-point uh, dominant, you know, game that we were expecting from them. But, I mean, hey, they're taking care of business, and, uh, you know, they should be number one in the country right now. I think yeah. – absolutely, I, I don't disagree, Sweet. I think my biggest takeaway from it is, you know, they play that game, and, you know, Missouri's solid, man. You look – we talked about it, Brady. It's good football board and Cody Schrader, what they're able to do on the offensive side of the ball. But my biggest thing is another game played, another SEC game without the best player in college football – Non-quarterback, in my opinion, with Brock Bowers. And, you know, Carson Beck was able to find, you know, Ladd McConkey coming in. Um, he finally gets healthy a little bit, and he becomes that safety net for him. So when they needed that big conversion, they needed that big play on third down, or they needed they needed any kind of big pickup, man. He looked to him, and he made those plays. He's um, deceptively fast. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, uh, the, only, the other takeaway I took from that game, um, moving forward, and I think that Georgia's going to have to improve on a little bit, you know, with the remaining games they have in the SEC, as well as getting in, you know, to that playoff race with a team like Michigan that can run the football, is their run defense is not as – it's not what it used to be. It's not what it has been in years past. I'm not going to say what it used to be, but, you know, Cody Schrader and Missouri, they were, able to, they were able to run the rock a little bit. They were able to pound the ball when they needed to pound the ball on early downs, make second downs manageables, take the shots to Luther Burden downfield, and pick up those big games and make that game very competitive. And I thought Missouri had a great game plan around it, but I think it's more of a telltale, too, on what Georgia's defense is right now. Very good. And, uh, yeah, I think Missouri certainly held their own, and um, which uh, sets up a, a really good matchup uh, this week. Of course, uh, the ball is coming into Como, and we will get into that in our pick six uh, for sure. Uh, Ole Miss uh, getting the yeah. win. They're 8-1, and one, and, um, you know, Jimbo and and A and M, uh, the yes, guys, honey. they haven't quit. They they haven't quit. They, they you can you can't argue that they haven't quit and they play tough. Uh, but but uh, Ole Miss uh, hangs on against the win and sets up um, uh, an electrifying matchup in Athens this week, which we'll get into a little bit. But but the Rebels at home getting the win over an A and M. JP. Yes. Can I ask you a question? Uh, yes, you can. Texas A and M and Jimbo Fisher, their last eighteen Power Five games. What's the record? Uh, I'm sure it's not good. Six and twelve. Okay, yeah, I'm sure it's not good. Six and twelve. Yeah, <laughs> including nine in a row on the road. Going to be ten yep. in a couple weeks. With how many yep. top yep. five one, one recruiting of those, classes in the past one, three to five years? One scored? of those wins though was against. Uh, I know, I know, I know, I know. Okay. We still went to Atlanta though. We still yeah. went to Atlanta. Okay, I'm just the saying. Best. Walk. I'm just the team saying played not, like I felt that. Night. They're not I'm jump just, meat. That's my no, point. No, they're not. They're or not. They're good enough to be the SEC West division winner. Yes, I, I, but I, that's what I'm saying. There's there's talent there. So what is void of? Where, the where's coach. the void? Yeah, the coach. I mean, if this was he 2011, the recruiter in the country, in my opinion, most years because you can't take that away from him. Florida State did the same thing, but they consistently. I mean, the one year that Florida State goes and gets it all. Um, and I don't like giving you credit, but they've got Jameis, of course, at quarterback. Jameis like, Winston, yep. Cam Akers, I mean, loaded. Yeah, I mean, they loaded were, offense. the roster was loaded. And he knew that Florida State was going to be down the next year, and he left. 
Texas A&M has had top three classes, I believe, every year that he has been there, and they are consistently average. If you give that's any not even other average, though, no, that's but, what I'm saying. That's not even average. I think it's average in the SEC. Like any other conference, they're probably above average. But you the just, talent he recruits, yeah, you it, can't it, tell me he's a good football yeah. coach. The talent he recruits makes up for the lack of them producing or him. him uh, here's my thing. With you, you said it best. The recruiting class and everything else. My thing is, is he is a great recruiter, but. It's the development of those players for three yes. to four years, and that's where he lacks in it. Because you look at the transfers that come out of A&M. I mean, you have guys that leave, and you look at the cats they have on that field, and they're not able to execute at a high level on offense with what, I mean, Petrino, him. I mean, it's like there's really no excuse at that point. No. There's not. And, and you know, piss on Jimbo Fisher. <laughs> I mean, just just for retro – I mean, just for to, to put these numbers into perspective – JP, I hate to do this. Clark Lee's two and sixteen in his last eighteen. Yeah, not good. Like he's on, he's only four games better than Vandy with, with the talent that he has in college. Tenfold better roster. That's what I'm saying. Like this guy's done, Coach. Like, are, and they they this guy's fixing to get seventy five mil to not do mm-hmm. his job. Maybe he's the one that has it figured out. Maybe I'm I'm I'm, get, I'm talking to you assholes for free. This dude fixes to get paid seventy five million to not do anything. Like it's bad down there, man. And and I say that and they liable to come in here with Max Johnson and put up eighty in Tiger Stadium. I, I don't know, but I, I know I know I, I know I'm taking BK over Jimbo all day, every day, and twice on Sundays. Well, that's the baffling thing is that what you just talked about and, and what we saw last year. You know that that win against LSU at the end of the year. Oh, they beat our where, ass. Where did that come from? And where you know we we thought that was supposed to have been there all year. It wasn't. It showed up in that one game, and you're just waiting for that to happen again this year. Now they've been a little better this year. They look like it. they they look like they quit last year. They they haven't quit this year, but they don't look like they're. <laughs> Having any fun either? I mean, I guess you can use the Connor Wegman or in that name, Connor Wegman, their starter, him him being out because just Max ain't it. I mean, I've I've seen enough of Max to know he's going to run back off his back foot, run, escape out of pressure, trying his best, and just throw it up. And he's going to, and every now and then he's going to make a play for. He's going to keep you close in the game. Max has started a lot of games in the SEC. I watched it for two years here, and he's doing the same shit in year four or five down there. Well, let me. Here's the thing that, that, that I'm starting to realize, at least in, in today's world, in the last couple of years of college football. But, you know, you just referenced it. You know, quarterback is not there. I mean, look at what you've got in Baton Rouge mm-hmm. and what you would be without him, right? Yeah. Um, you know, you, you know, we just talked about, you know, Jimbo having Jameis Winston at Florida State. Well, they won the national championship. But you, you, he hasn't had that quarterback. You, that's the thing, though. Or but you got to stay, you gotta stay have, healthy. You got to find ways and you got to learn to adapt. Oh, and I agree. He, here's my thing. And, I agree. And now, he, court, hasn't, court he hasn't adapted gonna, well, but he hasn't, not, he hasn't had that quarterback. He hasn't. But here's my thing is you have to adapt. They have, they have five-star running back after five-star running yep. back. They have the guys up but front. But it's all about the quarterback the, now. Is it, though? Because, yes. But here's my thing is look at if it. If you don't have a quarterback, you can't win. Okay, but here's my thing. Take away the bias, what I'm about to say, because Corey's going to laugh because it's about Tennessee. But look what Heupel did last year with Hendon. A generational talent, right? You look at that high-flying offense, being able to throw the ball down the field and stretch the field, right? And, and yes, it opened up the running game. But this year, Tennessee's coming out and they're, they're leading the country in yards per carry. They've got three guys that's got a chance at a thousand yards, absolutely dominating the line of scrimmage up front. 
out of what they do, but they don't have to put it all on the quarterback's shoulders. When you open up the run game, when you trust your guys and you establish a run, it opens up those lanes for a guy like Joe. Joe Milton's not Hendon Hooker, but he has been able hypo in three years with lesser talent than what Jimbo has down there has been able to set up an offense, transition from what we, Tennessee did last year to this year, and make a difference. And Tennessee's rolling right now. They are. And, yes, they have – Joe, you know, we can go back and forth on Joe and what Joe is and his potential and everything else, but Joe's not a great quarterback. He's progressed week in, week out, and been great. He's not a Hendon Hooker. But he's relying on the run game and relying on his defense. Texas A&M has one of the best defenses in the SEC, Right. And they come yep. out and they get behind the chains on offense. They don't give their, their their cats the ball the way they should, and they get behind in games. And they cannot score with those guys. And I think that goes back to Jimbo Fisher and Bobby. That goes back on coaching from the get go. Oh, there's no question. Yeah, it definitely goes back to coaching, and they're not adapting. And there's not that overall control and guidance that uh, you would so I'm like with to you. see. My point is, I'm with you on the quarterback. It makes yeah. that difference because it. Well, it, it overshadows I, I, the mistakes by the coaching staff. I, mean, I, I think opinion. what Jimbo's had is that he he's a lot like Dabo. I still think Jimbo's a good coach. A lot man. like Dabo. I still they, think he's a good coach. They've they've been able to hide behind. Yeah, you have no elite, reason to think that. <laughs> they've been able to hide behind elite quarterbacks, and and he's getting exposed so, by not having that elite. But Witt said so. it best. He's had top three recruiting class after recruiting class. You yeah. have that talent in there. You have to develop it. Me, you have to be willing to change your offense let to me adapt play a to those devil kids. Advocate, a devil's advocate, right here. Because we talk about him not being a great coach and he's had these studs. Does anybody remember that he turned Christian Ponder and EJ Manuel into top 15, yep. top 20 picks in the mm-hmm. NFL? Yes. Those guys were atrocious, yep. too. Like, So where is that coach? Where is that hunger, that fire? Because he didn't have all that at Florida State. He didn't have the facilities. They weren't paying assistants uh, millions and millions of dollars. That that's why cash. he left there. Yeah, that's why he left. When that check cash, that motherfucker got fat and lazy. Yep. Don't it? I don't care. And 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 Jacob Hesser down here on on local radio says it all the time. He's dude, like, I hate dude. to, I hate to, I hate to shit on Jimbo because he's the reason I ever got to play in the NFL. But he's like, I don't, I don't see the same fire or anything yeah. from like it. Something's different because yes, I don't think he's a great coach anymore. But he once was. And he's yeah. There's a, a reason everybody guy. wanted to give him ten million a year. Well, he's I mean, he's yeah. been spoiled at AM. I mean uh, the uh, facilities, uh, the money's been spoiled. Every single A and M game you watch and, and and they they have spurts of greatness and you watch it the, through its entirety and you're like, Why are they not better? I mean, you see the players coming through, you see guys making big plays in certain moments. But, you, you know, there there is an aspect, like everybody has been hammering down all night, there is a coaching aspect that is missing. Yep. I mean, uh, you, you'll, you'll see a running back make a, make a good play, and you're like, oh, that's pretty good. And the next play, it, it, it's, it's like, why the fuck did we run that? I mean, it, mm-hmm. the, the pieces are there. I mean, you see the players come through. It looks like they're doing it on, like, an I individual can, basis. But, I mean, it, it's – I can tell you what it is. Those guys make a good play, and they look for a cheerleader to celebrate with, and they get stuck with a fucking yell leader. That's what it is. They're like, fuck this. I ain't doing good anymore. All right. On that note, we will take a time out. When we come back, we'll have our uh, features, our cat of the week, the do what we do, sweet talking, and cut the cord. Stay tuned. Southern Roots Football Show rolls on after this. Mm-hmm. 